Father, we want to thank you for this gathering that's unto you. Your presence is here. We are so excited, Lord, because in your presence there is fullness of joy. Because of what you do, you are going to teach us by your spirit. I will learn. All of us will learn. And you're going to confirm your word and demonstrate the fullness of your kingdom. For your word, your kingdom is not just words. But there is power and demonstration of your spirit. We are going to heal because you sent your people to preach, to heal the sick and clean lepers, to present your kingdom to people. And sure, that's what your spirit will do today. So we are really very excited because it's going to be wonderful. Blessed be thy name. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen. Now we have a three-part plan sermon today. First one is to consider the right attitude to the word of God. Second one is to remind us of the authority we have in Christ. So if there's anybody who still has lingering fears, that will take care of that. And then we continue in the third part is to continue in the blessings of the cross, which we started to talk about during the Easter, but you know, one Sunday is not enough to discuss all of it. So we, we're going to go to the other part, which talks about our deliverance from causes and the blessings we've received. And so I want us to pay attention as we go to the right attitude to the word of God. First thing is to receive it. You don't assume because you're sitting in church that you have received the word of God. First thing is to receive it. Unless the seed is received and dropped into our heart, there is no chance for a fruit. So the first responsibility I have and you have is to open your heart and receive the word of God into our heart and to retain it, remember it. You know, if you look at, you know, a lot of people listen to the word of God. A lot of people do. But just listening is not enough. The Bible says, hearers only are not blessed. Hearers only are not blessed. If hearers only are blessed, oh my God, the word of God be manifesting in so many lives now, producing. So hearing is good, is the first stage, and we must hear. But there are people who hear, it runs off them like duck. It runs off them like water runs off a duck. A couple of reasons for that kind of situation. One of them is a resistance to God's word because they do not agree with it. They do not agree with it. Or because they have no intention of doing what he says. They have no intention of doing what he says. <clears throat> So they have made up their minds to keep doing what they are doing. Decided that what they are doing works for them, is enough for them, and it's okay for them. Perhaps because of fear of people, kind of fear of men, loss of privileges, for whatever reason, they made up their mind they are not going to listen to the word of God. But I want to remind us this morning, it's a dangerous situation because a long time of neglecting the word of God in any area of our life, in any area, and mark my word, I'm telling you, in any area of our lives, we build a hardened resistance to God and his word. Any practice of neglecting the word of God in any area of your life will build a hardened, a practiced 
perfected resistance unconsciously to the word of God. When you get used to neglecting God's word, it becomes your life pattern. It will build a hardened heart, a proud heart. It will build a seared conscience that is now insensitive to the word of God and the fear of God and the glory of God. But the practice of quick response to the word of God builds in you a, a life of quickly responding to God. It makes it your habit that when you hear my voice, harden not your hearts as in the days of provocation. Quick response. Delayed response is not good enough. Quick response. Forgive. You forgive quickly. You are training yourself to be able to flow with the word of God in any area of your life. In the word of God, we can't really succeed with selective obedience. The one that's convenient to me is what I do. The one I don't think is convenient to me. I don't care about it. I just do what I like. I'm telling you people the truth of the matter. The only way to train yourself to respond to God is to train yourself to be a quick responder. Regardless of how you feel, it doesn't matter, but God said that once God says that, you respond quickly, quickly. Others are too occupied with many things. That even when they, they sit in church, the word of God is being preached, their mind is all over the place. Their mind is all over the place. They have things that they are physically present, but they are absent-minded. So they're not hearing. There are more important things to think about. Brethren, do, do I have to preach this one too? I mean, look around you in the last five weeks, four weeks. <laughs> Corona came. Everything we have, this world is in two more. Five weeks, four weeks. Anybody told some of the giant companies in America that have built stockpiles of billions that in four weeks they'll be borrowing money. They will not believe it. This is what the scripture says. They will settle down and be enjoying and doing weddings. He said all of a sudden calamity descends on them. Can, do I have to preach it to know that these things of this world do not have any, any real value, really? They can't hold you up. They can't keep you up. Everybody's governors and panic. Everybody, nobody knows what to do. There's no answer. All the scientific intelligence and knowledge and know-how, economic know-how, do this know-how, everything crumbled. They do are also defending, running away. Do I have to preach this one? Things of this world don't hold real major value, brethren. It doesn't hold real major value. The Bible said the, the things that have been shaken will be shaken. But the only thing that cannot be shaken is God's word. Is God and his word. Cannot be shaken. And right now, what is the thing that is standing? The word of God remains forever. So you sit in church and you're not interested in the word of God. Aren't you choosing things that have no value, can't hold you, can't help you? Check for yourself. My senior brother wrote me from Lagos. He said, brother, he said, what to preach is true. He said, you know, in a, we are in a laba, a laba, money people. He said, we sit in, he said, I sat in my house, I started thinking. All the money, all the shoes, 
all the gele, gele. Everything they bought. He said, my brother, I sat in my house and I'm asking myself, what is the value of these things now? He said, oh, Alaba morning, early in the morning we leave. He said, I'm sitting there and saying, oh my God. So these things really don't have much value. Do I have to preach this one? Isn't the experience showing you and me that our best clothes are not coming out? So you sit in church and you are not interested in what God is saying. You are choosing things that have no value over the things that has power, that can deliver you, that can heal you, that can bring, build you up, that can bring you to fullness of joy. You can't make a choice like this except you don't understand. The, what the, that's what I've written on Thursday Bible studies. People whose satisfaction is about things of this world. Even pastors, satisfaction is the church is big, money is coming, and they settle in that. That's not what should motivate you. Even we pastors should listen to the word of God. Because preaching to people makes all sometimes think we have arrived. We have not arrived. We need help like everybody else. So that like Paul, we forget the things that are behind that press forward. Everybody presses to improve, to grow in Christ, to be deeper in the things that matter. Brethren, look around you. Economy, the greatest economy this world has, American economy, is in shambles in four weeks. Four. 22 million people out of work. If it continues another two, three weeks, and what brought it? Tiny thing, virus is the least, <laughs> the, the, the living, living organism, virus is the smallest. I think it's a unicellular, multicellular, it's, uh, unicellular something. The way it survives is simply by mutation. It continues to mutate. I think it has my, my totic division, mitosis, and I don't know how it divides, but it, it, it's that's all. But the thing defies medicine. That only the body fights it, including your cold, including your flu. All this medicine they are giving, it, it's only the body that can deal with it. Only what God made deals with it. And you know. Our calendar has a scripture on it. I don't know if anybody takes note of it. That God inspired these young people to put out there. And I'm so grateful for our workers, our staff in the secretariat. What God is using these people to do is really proving that they are really inspired of God. The scripture they gave us for this year, for this month, this very month, people should go look at it. I don't know people who check those scriptures. And I'm grateful for the young girl that took all those pictures. I think Michelle Ejofo, I think, took some of the pictures. It, it's, at the background is nature. On it is inscribed, Isaiah 48. And what does Isaiah 48 say? Can you put it up for me? It says, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. That was inspired of God. That the grass is going to wither. These things that are beautiful, we are going to wither. 
But it reminds us that the word of our God stands forever. So when you're making a choice, you sit in church, you're not listening to the thing that stands forever. You're choosing the thing that we does. You should be informed. Properly informed. Go back, look at that calendar and see what God used these young people to put together for us. And it's smack in the middle of this time. That's a terrific message. It's prophetic. When they were choosing it, prayerfully choosing it, say the grass withers. Has it not withered? <laughs> I heard that a big company like uh, this one in Florida that people troop to and climb on top of and go to all manner of dark things. Is it Disney? What Disney? They are borrowing 11 billion to survive. In four weeks, they are broke. Four weeks. Four weeks, they are broke. Four weeks. And then God put it in a calendar waiting for us to go read it. So when they give you a calendar, make sure you read all the scriptures every month. That's a message there. You don't have to be a pastor for God to use you. God, used, God called these people in what they do. All these people in the administration. In the Bible, there's an office of administration. All these people, what they do is inspired of God. Like what I do is inspired of God. There's no difference. <clears throat> so there are people who see they don't understand the word of God. But you need to pray now that God will give you understanding. That is, if you are interested, Luke chapter 24, 45. Then open he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. If you don't, you ask God to open your eyes. And <clears throat> I want to tell us something about the scriptures here. Please listen to me. Your understanding of the scripture, listen to me, Rigo does not depend on your smartness. Everything God does, everything God says does not lend itself to rational explanation. Forget it. It is supernatural. It superimposes on the natural. Like the love of God is beyond human understanding. So if you don't understand scripture because you're smart or you're not smart, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Your smartness is irrelevant when it comes to the things of the spirit. Because everything God says, everything he does, that word he speaks is spirit. It's spirit. It's life. It, it has the nature of God. The Bible says in the beginning was the word. The word was God. It was God and the word is God. You, it, you can't lend what God says to rational thinking. You just cannot. All other books of other religions are rational. That's why it appeals to all these philosophers and things. But the things of God are, <laughs> cannot be lent to rational Thinking, forget it. It's, it's a miracle all the time. Everything God does is supernatural. If he says a word, it's supernatural. And so how do you drag it down to the natural to be able to, to figure it out? Just forget it. You can be smart all you want to, but with your smartness, you cannot understand God. The Bible said the world by wisdom cannot know God. It's not possible. He said, where are the wise people? Where are the smart guys now? Because I've used the foolishness to save the world. That's why people are struggling with Christianity. Because it's not rational. Not rational at all. So if you are trying to figure out, wanting to be smart, that smart or not smart doesn't mean nothing. You all God demands for us is just believe it. 
Just accept it as true. That's all. And start doing it. They review. You see that they say, well, anybody can believe. People believe the word of God for ages who didn't go to school, don't know anything. Because it's the Holy Spirit that opens your spiritual eye and gives you understanding. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you understanding in this thing. It doesn't come by human articulation. So understanding it is it's available to everybody who wants to. If you pray, God will open your understanding, not your natural understanding. Open your spiritual eyes and give you the revelation of what is beyond man to understand. But there are two things I want to leave with us as we are dealing with this. Two truths that I want to leave out there. Remember that the word of God will not produce for you unless it, you accept it. Accept unless you believe it. Unless it dropped into your heart. Just like this is, I'm here, and I come in the morning, I start looking for a food. <laughs> it's crazy because there's no seed here. And if you have a layer, a layer of hardened heart below that, that seed will die. It's not going to work for you. When you need it for anything, it's not going to work for you. So we must understand that except the word abides in us, it will produce nothing. And regardless of why we do not hear it, it's still our responsibility to hear it and let it enter into your heart and remember until it produces a seed, until it produces in real life, until it produces, the job is not done. So you got to water it and meditate upon it. If you don't have time for it, you are really not interested in it. Let's be honest. If you, are, if you don't have time to meditate on it, you are really not, you don't see it's useful to you. You are not, you invest in things that you see helps you out. If you are not going to invest your time to meditate on the word of God, like I was teaching that we should praise God with it daily. If things like that don't bother you, forget it. You don't care about it. It won't work for you. That's as simple as ABCD. You made your choice again now. You've gone to the things that fade again. You left the thing that abides forever. And you've gone to the things that fade again. They fade again. You've gone there again. Why don't you get out there? If you don't have time for it, you, have, you just have no interest in it, period. You don't believe it. It's like Christians who say, I know, but they don't accept the word of God. Simple as ABCD. That's what I'm talking about. That's it. What but there? My name is, my name is Chinidu. He said, say, but what but? It's my name now. If the word of God is true for you, there's no but. And then we run this risk of adding to the word, subtracting from it, creating false doctrines from human understanding, thinking because I'm a senior pastor, because I've been a Christian 90 years, we have the audacity, audacity to, to refuse the word of God and put our wisdom there. Because we have titles. And the Bible warned us, don't do that. If you remove from my word, if you do that, I'll snuff you out of the book of blessings. You're not there. It won't work for you. That's exactly what he's saying. So we have this responsibility to hear it and let it enter and to keep it in our hearts. And do not hold the word of God in contempt. That's holding God in contempt. We have to have a respectful attitude. That's the right attitude. Respectful attitude towards the word of God. If we do not, then it will not work for us. 
Let us see how people respected the word of God and they produced for them. The church in Thessalonica is a great example right there. First Thessalonians 2, 13. Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received his message, you see the thing? They first received it, his message from us. They received it, they accepted it, they listened. It's important to them. Oh, my tense is wrong. It was important to them. Okay, I'm in America. Tenses don't matter. It's important to them. Because Americans confuse is and was. They don't even use was anymore. Everything is is, is, is. And there was, and there was, and there were. Instead of where there was, and where are you at? Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, that's what we do. When we're when we in church, in fellowships, in your home, doing your Bible studies, in your family prayers, let it not just be a form of things we do regularly, becomes in you know, the tradition. It, but God, Jesus said you made the word of God of no effect by the tradition. When it turns into a ritual, it's worthless. Totally worthless. Completely. It lacks life. It has to be a place where you go listen to God. What I do is when I pray and pray and pray, by the grace of God, I go open my Bible and say, Lord, I want to hear you. I want to hear you. And I want to remind us. I don't care who you listen to. There is nothing more anointed and more powerful than the word in your Bible. Nothing. Nothing more accurate than it. And any preaching that's not authenticated by the Bible, you don't have to accept it, including me. Including me. The Bible is final auditor on the truth and the arbitration on, on doctrine. Bible. Period. No denomination has the authority. The word of God is the final authority on this. Why? Every scripture is inspired of the Holy Spirit. Breathed by the Holy Spirit. Holy men of God wrote as they were inspired. That's the only book God wrote. is the Bible. So they receive, you receive this message from us. You did you listen to this. You didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You see the point? I made that they talk. You know, be Sunday we go to church. We go. But sometimes I ask myself, what, do, what are you doing with all the messages you preached you had? What are you really doing with them? Do we know that we are responsible to God? We are answerable to God for every word of God we've had? I don't think we know that. I really don't think we know that we are answerable to God. What we do with every word he gives you. Accountability is the word. So they didn't think it's not a human idea to them. You accepted what we said as the very word of God itself. This is God talking to us. Which of course it is. So you must recognize that this is the God talking to me. And this word continues to work in you who believe. See, the word continues to produce, continues to work. Produce because he sent his word to heal, deliver, create. By the word of faith, the elders had a good report, and their word was framed by their word. Health is framed, deliverance is framed. Everything that God wants you to have, the word delivers it to you. And Jesus is the living word of God. He's the living word of God. 
You neglect the word. You neglect your healing. You neglect your blessings. You neglect life. You neglect strength. You, Jesus said, this is spirit. This is life. And Proverbs said it produces life. It produces health. Again, we, because we have insurance, so we go to these things that fade. We trust them. And we will have the thing that doesn't fail. He told us it stands forever. That's what our, our administrative people put for us this morning. This word stands forever. These other things will fail. And they are fading. This one stands forever. So what will heal you more? The word of God? Or anything else? What will heal you more? What will secure you more? Which one stands forever? Which one is, can, is, can, which one is the one the devil cannot handle? Which one he sent his word to deliver, to heal, to bless you, to lift you up? Look at another example here. This one we know, Berean Christians. Acts 17.10. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea. Who coming theater went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the war. You see the war received again. They were not absent-minded. They were their mind was not in the things that fade away and stuff like that. They knew that man, this is it. This is it. This is the final bus stop. You don't miss this one. So they gave it all attention. You know, I remember what Onyeka said, my son said, when he preached here, that he's been in services where people, you know, during praise worship, they dance and everything. They rock, you know, rock. And when the word is being preached, they get up and start moving around, doing normal things. That would tell you those people came to be entertained. I remember, remind us that when you are singing and worshiping in church or anything, make sure you are not simply being entertained, though. I'm telling you because you may not be really worshiping God. You need to focus on Christ. You need to keep your mind on him. You need to know you are talking to him. You're not talking to yourself. You know, there are songs that, you, that, that is to defy you, but the songs that you worship, you're focusing on him, that you're worshiping and telling him, telling him so you're not being entertained. Remember, Paul and Silas, they also praise God. No instruments, nothing. But God shook up that place. Set everybody free in one minute. Shook up the entire prison. Shook it up. Once. I mean, you can't come, what God can do. Why can we even neglect the word of God? Praise God and God shook up the whole place. Everybody's bands was broken in one second. Broken in one second. In one second. And they said, no, we're not leaving. We're here. So the man came in the morning and thought to the father. They said, no, we're here. We're not, we not hiding. The power is still here. Can't do anything. <laughs> you know, can't do anything. Not, why should we hide from you? We're not sneaking out in the night. We're here. Because he that set us free has set us free. He's still here. They can't do it. So they received this word with all readiness of mind. Makes the difference. And search the scripture daily. You see, they were interested in it. Whether these things were so, they had time for it. If you don't have time for it, I told you, 
Forget it. You are not simply not interested. It won't work. You made your choice. You've gone to the things that failed again. You've gone there again. You've gone there. You have something you're trusting. You have some, you have somewhere your confidence is. You have. Verse 12. The, therefore, many of them believed. You see this pattern? Paul said this thing works in you. Now they believed also of many of honorable women which were Greeks and men, not a few. Because the attitude was they received it, respected, give it time, meditate on it, because they know this is from God. And this is what will give me what I'm looking for. This, super, this is superior to anything anybody's talking. Any word from anybody, whether especially doctor, special. Look at, look at what they're telling America. Experts. University of whatever, whatever, whatever. They do model, model, model. Computer model. 22, 2.2 million will die. Before one week, oh, no, 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 it's no more 2.2. It's 80,000. Oh, no, no, it's no more 80,000. It's 64,000. Oh, no, no, it's no more 60,000. Can't we see this thing? Their word is not reliable. They too are running away from Corona. They too. People doing the computer. They too are, they are running. So these people knew that this is God talking to me. Man, it's nothing superior to this one. I got to hear it. I got to hear it. I got to hear it. And they gave it time. They gave it time. They gave it time. They, every day they went back there. Sad the scripture. It produced for them health, prosperity, protection. Look, you can be mounting these things. It won't work for you. Jump little bit. Jesus said they worship me with their lips, but their heart is well. If your heart is in it, you give it. If it's lip service, you don't give it. Because you don't see the value. Praise the Lord. Look at how Jesus treated the word of his father. For Christ didn't send me, I mean, this is uh, Paul. Now let me talk about our Lord Jesus first. Remember, he so honored the word of his father. He said, I don't have my own words. Whatever my father says, what I say, what he says is what I do. I came to do thy will, oh God. I don't have any other plan. And the reason, now when God said that, God became the person responsible for doing it. And when God is responsible for doing something, you better get out of the way. Because you can't check him out. You can't check God out. You're wasting your time. He said to Paul, you can't check me out. If you kick against me, you break your leg. If I fall on you, I crush you. You can't check him out. That's why his word brings faith. You cannot have fear when you know who is behind what you are doing. Elijah said, let the world know that I did this at your word. You instructed this thing. Let them know I did all of this thing at thy word. And the man shot heaven. Because God said, shot heaven, I shot heaven. Elijah said, this thing I'm doing is at thy word. At thy word. You sent it to me. Who is it he says it comes to pass except the Lord has commanded it? That's the basis on which you confess things when God has commanded, spoken it first. 
Jesus said, as I hear, I do. He honored his father's word, lived under the total control of the father's word. And you know what the Lord said to me? He said, any man wants to see my power, he has to be under my total control. Complete control. He said, you go check out everybody I've used. They surrendered their lives. They were dead. Paul said, I'm dead. Which means I'm controlled by what God He said, watch what I do. Do the same. I follow Jesus. I follow his example. Brethren, how much ration does a dead person give? Controlled by his word. And then look at Paul. For Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news. And not with clever speech. You see, you say, what, the word God gave me, I have to deliver it. Not with clever speech. I don't want to. This is not smartness something. Not with clever speech. For fear that the cross of Christ will lose its power. He said, that word is sufficient. I don't want to improve on it. I don't want to talk to you people with oratory. So you say, Paul can preach you. He said, no, that's not the way. He said, I want to preach it exactly the way it is. And that's why he said, I'm, with, I'm among you with fear and trembling. Not fear and trembling as such that I was afraid of them. But he said, I don't want to add to this thing. I want to just deliver it to you people the way I, I received of the, of the Lord and leave it like that. Because that's the power of God. If God wanted to say more, he would have said more. If he didn't say more, that's it. Stop there. So if we have the right attitude like this, this word of God is power. God said it won't come back void. He will do what I sent it. But if we don't receive it, receive it, it will fall on hard, 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 fall by the wayside. I won't produce nothing. I was struggling and wondering. I almost backsliding. I want to remind us, because of time, the last Sunday. We were talking. Again, this is what God says. In Romans 8, 2, he says, For the Lord of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the Lord of sin and death. I want to remind us that the Lord of life in Christ Jesus has set every one of us free from the Lord of sin and death. And this is how it goes, really. When sin entered the world, death entered along with it. Which means, before sin entered, death couldn't operate. The Lord of sin and death was operating when sin came in. It brought death. And you know who is behind death? It's the devil. The Bible says he had the power of death. He was the one that had the power of death. Look at it here in Hebrews 2.40. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. You see, when sin came, the devil came in with death. He had the power of death. He doesn't have it anymore because Jesus knocked it out of him by washing away our sins, the thing that he trusted in. He doesn't have it anymore. And if, let me complete that Hebrew 2.14. So he says, he says, let me start it again first. As much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, we are human, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. That's in case you don't know what he's talking about. It's the devil that was exercising this death thing because sin came in, death came in, the devil came in with it and started doing his ministry of destruction, killing, and stealing. Fifteen is good news. 
and delivered them who through fear of death were all their life and subject to bondage. We'll be set free from that death thing that the devil is doing. We'll be set free from that. That's why the Bible says the Lord of life in Christ Jesus. That if anybody's in Christ, he's been delivered from the one that had the power of death. He doesn't have it anymore. Sin opened the door for him. Jesus came and washed away our sins. The Bible says our redemption is forgiveness of our sin. And from forgiveness of our sin, we have gift of righteousness. We have new life. If our sin was not forgiven, we will not have all these things. So the key thing is that the blood of Jesus washed away our sins. And it was sin that empowered the devil with death. When Jesus came and washed it away, we became righteous. The power of the devil to produce death, which is sin, is taken away from him. So the law of sin and death does not work in the Christian. Now, Romans 5, 17. I'm repeating this because just to take care and make sure there's nobody that's living with fear anymore. Romans 5, 17. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. That's what brought death, power. The sin of Adam. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it, we live in triumph over sin and death. Through this one man, Jesus Christ. So we have received righteousness. Our sins are forgiven. We are new creatures created in the image of God. So we live in, in triumph over sin and death. Ephesians 1.20. You will see that we have been given authority and put in a place of privilege where only those in Christ can sit. Ephesians 1.20. Which he wrote in Christ when... Now, let, let's read from verse 5. Ephesians 2, 5, sorry. First, even when we were dead in sins, Ephesians 2, 5, had quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved and had raised up, to, up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are seated with Christ because we live in Christ. We are in Christ. We are members of his body. So where he is is where we are. So we're seated with him in a place of authority. Now let's go back to Ephesians 1.20. This is just a reminder <clears throat> which he wrote in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and power. That's where we're seated. We're far above all these principalities and powers and might and dominion. In every name which is named, every name named, corona, whatever, named, not only in this world, but also that which is to come. I have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And so by now, we must understand that these words are true. And what we need to do, Hebrews 4, 2, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith in them that had it. We need to believe these things that we really have authority over all these things. And you don't have to. Fear opens the door to all these things to work. Faith closes the door against them. Job said, what I feared has come to me. That's why I'm bringing this scripture back to us again. So that we don't fear. We don't fear. You don't have to. You don't fear. I'm telling you, you don't have to. Because this law of sin and death, they might try, but they will not succeed. They will try you, but they will not succeed. There's a law working in your life. 
You've got to believe it. Mix it with faith. Colossians 1, 23. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Period. Stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you had the good news. Don't drift away from it. Stay they might try you with fever, whatever, whatever. But you stand strong. You can do nothing. Don't let fear. Because fear is the door. Once you have fear, boom, you are pro you, but you still can fight back, though. You still can fight back, though. You still can fight back, though, because you still have your privileges in Christ. You still can resist them, and they will flee from you. And that's when you go back to the scripture, and like, I, I, what I need to bring out here, listen to this. You need to pick your stone. David picked his stone. So you go back to the Bible and pick your stone. What is your stone? Is the scripture that deals with what is challenging you. David picked his stone. So you need to pick your stone. Go back to your, pick your stone. If it's financial challenge, pick the stone that deals with it. Like David, pick your stone. Just pick your stone and get ready to do a battle. And the trick which you do this battle is your faith. Fight of faith. Don't shift from this assurance you have received. You must continue to believe in this truth and stand firmly in it. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is freedom from the cause of the law. Freedom from the cause of the law and the blessings that are ours now. Galatians 3.13. Christ purchased our freedom. Did you see that? Purchase our freedom, redeeming us from the cause, doom of the law, and its condemnation by himself. By himself becoming a cause for us, for it is written in the scriptures. Cause is everyone who hangs on a tree that is crucified. To the, to the end that through they are receiving Christ Jesus. The blessing promised to Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. So that we through faith, you see now, through faith we might all receive the realization of the promise of the Holy Spirit. So we are blessed, brethren. You are blessed not because of your circumstance. Because Jesus said so. Let me say something. I want you to remember that we did exchange with Jesus Christ. Please listen to me. And if you listened on Thursday, if God, if what, what I have in mind is what God wants me to teach, we bless you too. Listen to this. Every blessing Jesus has is mine. Why? Because it's my life now. I did an exchange for him, with him. He was made sin, and I was made righteous. He was made poor, and I was made rich. He took my place, and I took his place. That's, why, that's what it means to see yourself in Christ. You took his place. He became him. You, became, you took his position. So you see yourself in him. That's what it means. See yourself in him. He was here. And you were there. And you did exchange. You came over here, he came over here. So you see yourself in him. You see yourself now as being where he should be. He became sin. You became 
righteous. He was made poor and you became rich, cost, poor, cost, deprived of any blessing, cost. So that you will have his blessing. That's why we became joint heirs with him and heirs of God. Because he became poor, hung on the cross, cost. A cost person is somebody with no blessing at all. Nothing. From God, nothing. He said, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? He didn't have God anymore. He was forsaken. Poor. Look at 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, he was rich. He was rich. Was rich. Had everything in heaven. It was God himself. The, whole, the Bible says everything was made for him. He was so rich. Everything was created for him. He owned the earth, the cattle, and the, everything was his own. He was rich. Yet for your sakes, he became poor. That you through his poverty might be rich. So you come into his position, joint hairs with him. He was rich. Now you come into joint position with all his riches now. Because he became poor. He was cursed. Had nothing. Even the cloth, they took away everything. Had nothing. They say he was taken like a sheep to the slaughter. He didn't open his mouth. He, had, he said nobody. No. His disciples abandoned him. Abandoned him. He had nothing. Poor. Became poor. Why? Say for our sakes. So when he hung and became a cause, he, was, he had no blessing. Not even his father was with him. So that he be, his father will become our father now. So that all the riches of Christ is mine. But you got to see yourself and believe what he said. Again, receive the word in your heart. Do not see yourself from the circumstances. See yourself from the scripture. See yourself. That's what it means to be in Christ. To see yourself in him is to see yourself taking his position. Taking what he gave you. He gave you that. He pleased the father to smite him. So we can have these things. It's not by power. It's not by might. Now David... David foresaw this thing, man. David being a prophet. David, amazing. I think when I get to heaven, I need to hang out with David a long time. David foresaw this thing. Brethren, he foresaw this thing. Look at what he said in Psalm 37, verse 25. I have been young, and now I am old. I have not seen the righteous, what? Forsaking. Why? Jesus was forsaken. Why has thou forsaken me? You cannot be forsaken. Not anymore. Because you're taking his place. He said, I go to my father now and to your father. I have not seen the righteous forsaken. The next one is amazing. Nor his descendants begging Bread, why? The righteous, we are the righteous in Christ. Remember, we're him now. 
He, was, he became poor so that he become rich. So we can't bake bread. No matter the condition. You cannot beg bread. God will send the ravens to feed you if he has to do that. He will send the ravens to feed you if he has to do that. He's done it before. He fed a widow woman. Remember, the, the things that God do, you can't rationalize them. Beyond rational thinking. Just believe his word. You don't have to be smart. He's not looking for your smartness. Just, yeah, Lord, thank you. Because yeah, I'm rich. You became poor. You were cursed. You had nothing. And now I, came, I became, took your place. The righteous is not forsaken. So if the righteous is not forsaken, why should he bake bread? Why should he bake bread? Isn't the Lord my shepherd and I shall not want? Is he not what David is still talking about? Is he not what this man was still talking about? And Jesus said, don't worry what to eat. The hidden brother, they don't know God. Don't worry about those things. They, it will stop the work, hand of God. Anxiety, worry will stop it. Unbelief will stop it. Believe that. Yes, look, believe with all your heart that you are blessed. And then that's what I was saying on Thursday. Make a habit of praising God. Meaningful praise. I have a reason. Yes, give those reasons. You, every, every day you thank God that you are blessed. He took your place of poverty. You took his place of riches. If you do this long enough, you begin to believe it. Believe you me, it will be rooted in you. And without your rational planning and everything, the world will explode in reality. You see the Holy Spirit, the CEO of heaven, begin to perform it out of your mouth. Wonders will happen. Doors will open you didn't know they were there. He opens a door where there's no door. He doesn't, you don't have to have a plan for him. He gives you the plan. He gives you the plan. He tells you where the fish is. He says to Peter, drop your this thing here. Peter says, son, you have no idea what you're talking about. I'm a fisherman for years, a professional. We came when the fish supposed to be there. We toiled all night. We didn't see fish. Jesus said, drop it there. I made heaven and earth. I made heaven and earth and the fish. Drop it there. And Peter says something amazing. He said, at that word, because you say so. See, the word was sent to Peter. He said, I can't reason it, sir. There's no rational explanation. But because you say so. And when Peter dropped it, he didn't get small fish. You know, where I go to work, these people fish. All the, I didn't know people love fishing like this. They fish and they bring all these small things, tiny, wimpunku fish. They bring it out and they all rejoice and they put it back and they go. I said, why are you doing this now? You put it back and you stay there from morning to afternoon. The Bible said Peter drew very large fish. He couldn't pull it. He had to invite others to help him. Why? Because your blessing is not for you alone. You have to invite people to share in the blessing. Because when God blesses you, it becomes a miracle. You can't explain it. You just cannot explain it. Say to Peter, I am the Lord. My word is sent to you to manifest my covenant with you. And this day he's sending it to you. I was made poor so that you be rich. Who has believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? 
The arm of the Lord is Jesus, the power of God. Who has believed? Pastor, I don't have a job. Only believe. He said, this place, they don't give jobs. Peter said, yes, they don't give jobs. I said, drop it there. I give instructions, you fool. That's why you should train yourself to quickly respond to his word. Because his words don't make sense. They don't make sense. Because it's not supposed to make sense. He said, I use foolishness to confound the word. So they waste their time trying to figure me out. But to those who are doers of my word, they are blessed in their doing. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. I want to pray for you. <clears throat> and then, um, do something. Let's, let's bow our heads to pray. Now, uh, if, whatever you have, if you have sickness in any part of your body, put your hand there. Because Jesus sent us not only to preach the word, he sent us to pray for the sick. He said, preach my word and heal the sick. That's the instruction he gave us. So we're going to follow it. So that the kingdom is presented to everybody. That the name of Jesus has power. And then Jesus is Lord. And he's alive. He's not in the grave. And one way is provable. Is what he's doing now. What he's doing this moment as I'm talking to you. So can we, let's pray. Just put your hands where you need the healing. In Jesus' name. Father, we want to thank you for your word that you gave us, assuring us that we should treat your word with respect and accept it. And now, Lord, we're praying for your people who are saying, I need healing here, I need, need healing there, I need healing here. Some of those sicknesses look tough, but it's not tough to you. On the cross of Calvary, you bore our sins, you bore our sicknesses. Based on your word and your covenant, Father, I pray that you perform these words of covenant on their lives now. Whether they are sick of corona, whether they are sick of cancer, whether they are sick of arthritis, whether they are sick of heart problem, whether they are sick of sleeplessness, no matter the name, I lift up the name of Jesus above all of them. Told your church, that was seated with him in a place of authority. He delegated it to us in his name. I lift up the name of Jesus, the Son of God, above all of them. That at this hour, I command every spirit of sickness and infirmity, get out of their bodies now. In, you are hearing my voice. Get out of their bodies and don't come back in the name of Jesus. Receive your healing right now. I cost life out of those sicknesses. I cost life out of them. Snuff light out of them in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you do a creative miracle. Beautiful children you gave us. They brought their name. Call it autism. You never gave us that name. You never. All your work is good and perfect. And I'm asking Lord that the world we know that Jesus is Lord. Every family that has autistic children Hearing my voice now, I ask merciful Father that the recreating power of God, the creative power of God, they need a miracle, not a healing. This is not a healing situation. This is a miracle situation. 
where there needs to be a recreation, a change, a change in the body. Father, let the power of your spirit do a recreative miracle and bring them to the form you originally made them. So that these children will be what you gave them to us to be. The blessings of God make it rich, does not ask so. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody, Lord, who is afraid, we speak to their hearts and say, be still and know that he's God. Be still and know that he's God. Your sins are washed away. Therefore, the law of the spirit of death, sin and death will not walk in your life. He that spoke to you is God that wrote that Bible. Only believe and you shall see the glory of God. Thank you, merciful Father. We are grateful to you for the testimonies that we, we got back from last Sunday. We are so grateful, Lord. The word of knowledge that were confirmed, that were accurate. To you be all that glory, merciful Father. Blessed be thy name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.